Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. What's going on, Bulls Nation? And welcome into the CHO Bulls Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download that app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Join with my guys, Big Dave, BWL Sports, and our guy, Mark K, MK Hoops on Twitter. Our pal and producer, Joey Spathis, rocking behind the scenes. Happy Friday, everybody. Gentlemen, I wanted to quickly start by acknowledging some epic shit that I just watched at the end of the CHGO Cubs postgame show. Okay. First of all, shout out to the Cubbies who beat the Dodgers 13 to nothing today and were this close to the first ever Cubs pitcher perfect game at Wrigley Field. So close. Mm -hmm. But but our guy Joey was producing CHGO Cubs just now. Mm-hmm. And they got over 200 likes on their live post-game show. And when they met that 200-like goal, Joey got out of the producer's chair, came around to set, and shotgunned a beer in celebration. Not only did he shotgun a Goose Island 312, shout out to Goose, he did so by puncturing the hole in the bottom of the beer can with his teeth. Mm-hmm. I've never seen mm-hmm. that before. Joey's mm-hmm. an animal. We need to give him mad credit and praise mm-hmm. and respect and love because that was one of the most badass things I've ever seen. Listen, Thank man, you, I Matt. told you it's something different about Joey, bro. I told you. It's in there. You can look in his eyes and see that that man's done things in college, brother. Like, he's been through some stuff in college. So, yeah, you see it. You see, I'm not surprised by it at all. I think there will be more on the way. You know, I know he's probably done it with a key before. I'm sure that's the common way to do it. But with his teeth, I'm not surprised at all. But, yes, shout out to Joey for chugging it. Uh, did Cody get to do one then, or is, is Cody off duty now? My, no, Cody was doing the postgame show with Stucky. My guess is they started postgame with Cody doing a beer bat chug, okay. which all was right, kind was of like their, their thing this season. After every win, Cody Poor takes Cody. a chug out of a beer bat. <laughs> Poor Cody. Um, <laughs> 
It's a lot of beer, if, dog. It's if, a lot of if, beer. That, if that Cubs team actually turns into something real, which I believe they're 12 and 7 after their win yeah. today. Dude's gonna be chugging lots of beers. Um, I just, I, I feel bad for Joey's parents if they paid good money for orthodontia trips to the dentist as a kid. You can't be opening beer cans with your teeth, dude. My God. I already, okay, text, I already texted my dad a link to the show and said you're gonna love this. <laughs> did did, did George father. did George Spathis teach you how to do that, Joe? No, he couldn't. I don't. He well, he. I, it just before his time, like you know, that's that's my generation. I'm sure if he had grown up when when I did, he would he would be shotgunning with his teeth as well. That one before his time, bro. He was doing. They were with doing the that. Teeth, I, I just think he's. You know, he would have been like, "What are you doing?" But he respects it. He respects it. What, what sort of an example are you setting for your? Is it now seven or eight day nephew? He's eight days. <laughs> Eight, well, days, eight days and his uncle's just gone a complete madman. He'll remember just, this day. He sleeps all day. That's all he does. So I'm not super concerned about, um, you know, I don't think he's subscribed to CHGO yet, but they, <laughs> my sister and my brother-in-law did like some, like reserve him an email address, which I think is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But, <laughs> um, so he does have, like, you know, we our thing like I have to flag in the in the back end for YouTube every day. Not made for kids. Mm-hmm. Like you know, maybe we'll do a made yeah. for kids episode for Baby Joey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. I mean, you got, you got some time. Right. Mark is is shotgunning beers a thing in Australia? Uh, I guess maybe. Yeah, I would say yes. Um, not that I've done it or been around it in a long time. <laughs> so I'm assuming it is a thing, but, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we, we, we're, we're big dr- drinkers down here. So yeah, if it's not the exact same thing, there are equivalents, let's say. So, uh, yeah, but people get after in, it down here. In your youth, you and your buddies shotgun to beer too back in the day. Yeah. Look, I don't remember much of my youth, but, um, yeah, <laughs> I'll say yes. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, uh, I, I was on a Blink-182 Blink binge last night, with two, which took me back to my youth, okay. so, uh, which may be sad up. afterwards, which maybe explains why I ate all that ice cream that I was explaining to you guys <laughs> now that I think about it. That's probably what led to it all, but uh, yeah, Blink-182 and chugging beers back in the day, that was the youth, eh? That was the youth. Dude, it's, it's crazy you bring that up because Blink's actually playing in Chicago in a couple of weeks. I think they're... T- yeah doing two nights may 6th and 7th and my buddy trent shout out to him was just uh texting me the other day trying to convince me to go with him and i, I mean oh gee oh surprise white boy who grew up in the suburbs in the 90s i love blink 182 no shame and i'm now contemplating spending dude the, the blink 182 tickets are a non-trivial amount of money yeah they're ridiculous. I think they were like he was like i found club level seats for like 180 a piece i was like good gosh Oh, you should grab that. Yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of disgusting. But um, didn't we pay like 200 for Bulls tickets to get the Bulls? We'll see the Bulls yeah. get their ass kicked by the Sixers by like 3,000 points. So exactly. if you're comparing we, it to that, it's probably a better investment. <laughs> we did. However, that night's game was the only tickets for your entire trip that any of us paid yeah. money for. So if you yeah. just, you know, splice that out across each game, you still only paid, you know, like 30, 40 bucks a game. Which is a bad. Yeah, it's a matter of perspective, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Way to uh, rationalize speak- that. Good job. 
Speaking of the Bulls, I guess we can get on track. Uh, it's a Friday in the offseason, so we're going to have some fun today. We gave Will the day off. Uh, he did put out his first Gottlieb's mailbag uh, column that he's going to be doing regularly throughout the offseason. It's up now at allchgo.com. Go check that out. Give it a read uh, if you haven't already. And thanks to those of you who sent Will some questions and some talking points uh, to have that first offseason mailbag. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the coaching changes and rumors about coaching changes going on across the NBA and a little bit about where Billy Donovan and the Bulls stand right now. We'll also talk a little bit about the latest games going across NBA first round playoff action, but we are going to start by bringing back one of our favorite things to do from last off season, random Bulls generator. I'm so excited. I've honestly been looking forward to the off season for a variety of reasons, but bringing back RPG is Definitely near the top of that list. Oh, yeah. I'm always down for foolishness. So, yes. And and learning at the same time of just the random amount of Bulls players that have been through this city. You know what I'm saying? And have played in those uniforms, man. Like, yeah, it's always fun. It's always fun. Sometimes you need to revisit those uh, chapters, the short chapters of the Bulls history book that you skimmed through and skipped over and have forgotten by now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's it's the first full week of the off season. Is it too early to do RBG? And I, like Big Dave yesterday, as we were saying goodbye at the office, I was like, all right, think about some stuff you want to do tomorrow. Is whatever. And you were like, all right, cool. And then you were like, we could do both generators. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. I, I was thinking about this before. When we're still doing this podcast, when we're sixty years old and. You know, very old and gray. Of the current Bulls that we've seen over the last few years, which do you think will be making their appearance in on the Random Bulls Generator in 20 years' time? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, you, I mean, you know Campaign's making an appearance. Yeah. Cam's got to be on that list for sure. Um, uh, well, Marco Simonovic. Yeah, that was where I was going. That's, <laughs> oh, that's where you're going? Okay. <laughs> Marco, Walt Lemon. Um, he was definitely oh. be on there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a few more, I guess, from like Both those Samson's. terrible rebuilding team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Sam. Is, is, is Marco going to be this generation's Dalibor? Is that who he oh, is now? Like, he might, be. he might be. Please don't let this be, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, who wants to go first, Dave? You want to go first? Sure, sure. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. All right, Joe, you got that. Keep me with that one time, please. So I'm gonna do it differently this time, man. I'm gonna actually give a bio on on, on my Randall Bulls. Oh, okay. Man, if you see the guy, so there he is, right there. Mm. Um, gradu- graduated mm. from Texas A&M. Okay. He was a first round pick. He was 11th pick in the first round. He was drafted by the Atlanta Hawks, oh. and he played for seven. NBA teams from 2007 mm. to 2011, but he was all he got. He got it on and was and was the man when he went to EuroLeague, two-time EuroLeague champion, Greek League champion, all the other stuff. But he also won the Bob Cousy Award in college for best point guard okay. in in the nation. The same award Ayo Desumu won. So he he did all things. So he was solid in college, had an okay NBA career, but he was with the Bulls for one season it wasn't even a full season it was like a half of season for him with the Bulls. so so he played for seven seven nba teams spanning four years 
2007 to 2011, he played for the Hawks, the Warriors, the Bobcats, the Bulls, the Grizzlies, uh, and Golden State. So six, excuse me. So yeah, six don't don't you love when the, when the Charlotte Bobcats is a phrase that pops up? <laughs> this dude looks like a Charlotte Bobcat, and that's why he dude, I was gonna say, before you rattled those off, I was like, oh, this dude definitely played for the Bobcats. That's what I was thinking to myself. He really does, uh, man. But yeah, I do not, I do not recognize. Yeah, I, I've... he looks familiar, but I don't know. Mm. I don't know. He looks like Ron Artest's more attractive cousin, <laughs> who like has his life put together a little bit better than Ron does. Ronaldis, yes. Um, AK in the comments guessing AJ Guyton. I think it's before AJ Guyton's time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's a good. Also, I think we did. I think we've done AJ Guyton on a previous Random Bulls generator. I feel like we have. I feel like that. I feel like we have, man. But I'm shocked nobody's uh, got this. Usually they get they get this in the comments. They usually got this. Once you say it, it'll feel real. Oh, I think Damien's got it. I think Damien's got it. Damien's got it. Let's see. Damien Damien's guessing AC Law. Is that Damien right? is correct. AC yeah. yeah. Law. Wow. Absolutely right. As soon as I saw the AC Law name, I'm like, yeah, that's who it is. That's who it is. He was definitely a Bobcat. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Daniel. Very well done, sir. He was definitely a Bobcat, without a doubt, man. And yeah, he played, and and what's wild was his games played after he left Atlanta. This was his games where he played 56 and then 55 in those two seasons when he was with Atlanta. The next year is 5, 9, 12, 11. (laughs) <laughs> and, then, and then finished up with 40 when he was with Golden State in 2010-2011. That was his career. Man. So shout out to him. So he was with Golden State, and then Golden State brought him back to, to finish out his NBA career, man. My brain remembered the name AC Law. It did not remember it paired with that face at all. <laughs> <laughs> Play, played uh, 12 games with the Bulls and even started a game for the Chicago oh, yeah. Bulls, man. Yeah. Yikes. Well, Yikes. shout out to Damien Yikes. for getting that one right. Yeah, shout yeah. out to you, man. Good good, uh, good selection, Dave. Good selection. Appreciate that. Solid selection. Right. Don't remember his full tenure at all. It's not, not, <laughs> not memorable. It's, it's not memorable. It's random. <laughs> That's why we call it random bull generator. This is correct. Yeah. The fourth. AC Law the fourth. Well done, AK. Going all oh, the way with it. Oh, he's a he's an IV. Yeah, there are four AC Laws. If you now, I don't even know one AC, and I, <laughs> there are four of them in, in this world. You know what I'm saying? Wait, so shout out to him for that. Wasn't there also an AC Green that played in the NBA? Or am yeah, I making that, that actually? Up? That was actually the initials AC. This is just oh, AC. I mean, like AC yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. yeah. I guess that's yeah. That's. That's completely different. That's pretty new. That's pretty new, man. <laughs> Look at Damon. Damon's like, let's go. All right. Give me uh, another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. You can you can put mine up there next. I think I think this one's pretty soft. I wanted to give you guys a, a softball over the middle of the plate to bring RBG back for the first time this offseason. Mm-hmm. Look at look at that goatee. You look like that's, he's look at that glory. Looks like that's, Michael Cage. 
Is it post-Dynasty or like that era balls? Like very like terrible Kraus ending era balls? Or am I going too far? I, if you would like I that, him, I, I will tell you that it is post-Dynasty. Post-Dynasty, yeah. Seems is it, like it. Is it Corey Benjamin? Am I mistaken? Here? Not Corey Benjamin. Ooh, okay. That's a good guess. Hmm. Here's another hand. Okay. He played for a different team during – the Bulls dynasty and played for a team that was a pretty uh, memorable foe on Bulls playoff run somewhere in that dynasty. On Bulls playoff run. So he was in the East. Oh, it's not Herb Williams. Uh, goodness gracious, man. I don't know. Know who that is? Yeah, it's no, funny I, when I'm, I'm crazy... drawing. I'm drawing a blank. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, no, I was gonna say I'm drawing is... a blank. Blank. Yeah. When his face first came on, I, I thought I was like, "Is that Jordan?" Like for real? Like I was like, "Is that white?" <laughs> that was my first thought when I saw him. I'm like, "Kind of softball is that? That's extra soft." Like, oh, <laughs> I Steiner and Bill. That wouldn't fit under that criteria of random, though. Right. Exactly. I, I, exactly. I think. I think. Uh, Travis I Best. Now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is Travis That's Best. It. You are absolutely yeah. right. Indiana Travis, point guard. Travis yeah. Best, who was drafted late first round by the Pacers in 1995, yeah. played on that Pacers team that the Bulls faced and went to seven games with in the 98 Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Travis Best never started a single game in that 97-98 season when the Pacers were so good. However, mm-hmm. played all 82 off the bench for the Pacers that season. Dude, then, got got traded to the Bulls in the Jalen Rose arriving in Chicago, Ron Mercer and that crew, Brad Miller, Ron Artest was in that trade as well, Bulls to Pacers. Travis Best was in that Jalen Rose trade that brought Jalen Rose to the Bulls. Wow, man. Yeah, he was definitely left-handed, AK. Um, Wow, man. Yeah, I like Travis Best a lot. He was a great compliment on that Pacers team to Mark Jackson. Nice change of pace guard. You know, because he he had speed uh, with it, he can get to the bucket uh, at will when he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Which was weird for a guy, for a guy his size. You know, he was really good at that. But man, I do not. I I mean, completely blacked out. That was bulls. This <laughs> is out of my brain, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So did I until I was skimming through post the dynasty bulls rosters. I was like, wait, hold up. Travis Best played thirty games for the Bulls, which he did. <laughs> But shout out to him in that in that season ninety seven ninety eight when those uh, Pacers faced the Bulls in the conference finals, yeah. eighty two games off the bench, three point four assist to turnover ratio, pretty damn good for a backup point guard. Pretty damn good, man. Okay. Yeah, pretty damn good. Number four, I remember I, him very well. I, I love this game because I don't remember their their picture, but as soon as someone says their name, I'm like, yes, that's exactly yeah. what yeah. it is, and all the thoughts come <laughs> <laughs> come rolling back as soon as like- Damien and. And uh, who was it before that uh, they got it right? Sign, I got the Travis Best one. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as they said it, I was like, yes, that's exactly who it was. But had they not said it, I would not have guessed it. So that, this is yeah. what I love about this game. My hope is that those people out there in CHO Bulls Nation who listen to the podcast version of our show instead of watching, then, like, pull up their phone and go to Google and look up what these players look like so they can remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's funny. Well, well, let, let, let's push to my one and bringing it back full circle. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, Travis Best was doing his thing when, you know, Blink on A2 were emerging, but my my guy <laughs> was probably, my guy was a bull when Blink on A2 started to, uh, you know, disband, let's say. So if that gives it a clue, but I'm probably oh, going even I more obscure. <laughs> oh, well, Dave's got it. Dave's got it. I thought oh, this yeah. was going to be more obscure than possible because this guy barely played for the Bulls. I think he played 21 minutes total for the Bulls. I've gone extremely wow. obscure. Only two mm-hmm. games for the Bulls. Ended his career in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably think of him more as a Sacramento King, to be fair, on those mm-hmm. good Kings teams towards the late right. 90s, early aughts. Yep. But uh, yeah, I thought this was going to be a really obscure one, but it seems like Dave's got it. Yeah, that is, if I'm not mistaken, that is Lawrence Funderburg. That, that's exactly who it is, Dave. Yeah. You know it. Oh, it. No, I remember him because I, re- I remember Funderburg in college um, right. because he, he was went to Ohio State. <laughs> Joey's stupid. Yeah, he went yeah, to Ohio yeah, State, yeah. and he was on those Jim Jackson teams. Um, yeah. they, they had really excellent teams. Uh, they played great and had some awesome uh, jerseys and sneakers that they wore, too. But, yeah, I remember him there, man, and yeah, you're right. He did absolutely nothing <laughs> with the Chicago. <laughs> you're absolutely right. He did, no- and you're right. Like those King went to the King. He was a, he was a nice compliment over there yeah. with um, uh, Pollard. He was over there, a really nice compliment off the bench for those teams. Yeah, back backing up like C Web and those guys back in that day. If I'm not mistaken, like that era of King. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I was going to go with. Now I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if you would have got this one. Maybe you would have. Maybe you guys have done this in the past. But would you have got Jared Rayner? Do you guys remember what he looks like? Do you remember Jared Rayner at all? Uh, absolutely Not at all. <laughs> He's a similar era bull in the sense yeah. that he played in those like 04, 05, 03 era Chicago teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, like those early packs and years, backup center. Again, didn't have a big part, but um, I think I've gone. R-A-Y-N-E-R, Rayner? R-E-I-N-E-R, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I wanted to I diversify mean, a little barely bit. Barely rings a bell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, maybe I should also, have gone I should have gone with that one. Damn it. Damn it. How, how dare Lawrence steal Archie's number 51? I mean, that's <laughs> that's not allowed. <laughs> Preemptively stole Archie's number. <laughs> yeah, well, Archie there was. you go. Before his time. Before his time. Well, the funny thing is... He wore 51, but apparently Lawrence Funderberg now is 52 years of age, still going strong. So uh, shout out to Lawrence shout Funderberg. There you go. Shout out to Lawrence, man. Shout like out. For some reason, and this is just in my head, that he owns like a car dealership in Sacramento for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just feels like Maybe. that. <laughs> Either that or it's a real estate agent because, you know, that would just yeah, be yeah. the other obvious choice. Um, yeah, oh, my gosh. So much. I forgot how much fun RBG is. Um, first of many this offseason, Bulls Nation. We'll have more of those for you throughout the offseason. Let's take a break. Then we'll come back and talk about real shit. NBA coaching changes on the horizon. Uh, but first, Big Dave, yeah. tell all of our fellow people out there at Bulls Nation how they can be streaming not only live sports, but so much more with Fubo TV. Fubo TV. I know what you're saying to yourself. You're sitting around, you're looking at three awesome faces, and then you're like, well, after this show goes off, I want to watch something. I want to sit there and I want to watch something, but, you know, cable costs too much money. You know, all these different, you know, apps I got to use and all these things. I don't want to do none of that no more. Well, FUBU is going to make it simple and easy for you. 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream it from any device. 
any device. Screen that TV from any device. You can watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price possible. You can start watching immediately with a free seven-day trial and no contracts, no cable, no hassle. All you have to do is sign up and start watching. You don't have to move from the couch. You just sign up and start watching, y'all. And a thousand hours of cloud DVR. So if you want to record some of them awesome shows that you're watching, you got plenty of time saved up and they can show it to you again and again and again and again. Oh, and all of this is included with no extra charge. You get that for no extra charge, man. Watch them local teams while you're traveling, man. Those events coming up, what the NFL draft, you know, is on the way, you know, the NHL draft, you know, the, the, the NBA and NHL playoffs, you know, the Cubs and the White Sox, you can watch them both. He just talked about the Cubs and what they did. You can watch both teams. You can watch that marquee network and NBC Sports Chicago, y'all. Both of them. You can look at it, all right? So why don't you go ahead and, like we said, watch those Cubs and those White Sox on marquee and NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off of your first month of Fubo Pro. That's right. You get seven days for free and then 15% off of that with Fubo Pro, y'all. You got no reason. Save you some money. Chill on out. Watch some TV. Fubo TV. Turn it on. <laughs> Today's CHGO Bulls also brought to you by our friends at Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. One of my favorites in the summertime is the Goose IPA, which, by the way, is a six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest, always in style, a citrus aroma, and a bold hop finish. Plus, the new line of a variety of beer hug IPAs, the Tropical Beer Hug, Dry Hopped Imperial IPA, 9.9%. Watch out! It's delicious! Dangerously so. Plus, they got the new Full Pocket Pilsner from Goose Island. Grab Ultra Fresh, brewery-exclusive beer at the Goose Island, original brew house on Clybourne Avenue. Mark Gay was hanging out with us there a month ago. He had a good time. You will, too. Or try their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, our West Loop neighbors. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer, who, by the way, are partnering with our CHGO Bears crew for their Draft party next week, Thursday night, Friday night, first two nights of the NFL draft. They, our CHO Bears crew, and their fellow Bears fans will be at Joe's on Weed Street, drinking delicious Goose Island beers, eating good food, and sharing the vibes of a Bears team that is heading towards Super Bowl, baby. Mm. Get your tickets, if you haven't already, available on our website, allchgo.com. Diehards of CHGO get discounts on those tickets. Get them before they are gone. Goose Island Beer Company. Drink up in summertime. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, gentlemen, lots going on in the world of NBA head coaching carousels. Big Dave, I know that you were uh, very eager to talk about the movement of one Nick Nurse, whom you are a fan of. Yes, it's been said that I enjoy a nurse named Nick. He, he is a solid, solid basketball coach. But yeah, now I've been, been let go and fired by the Toronto Raptors. And thank you for that graphic, Joey, because I wanted to put that graphic up, even though it's just a simple one-word sentence. Words matter. And I really found it interesting that they put the word fired. <laughs> fired. <laughs> Instead, that about Nick Nurse. And yeah. that is intentional. 
Uh, that is not a mistake because they could have easily said parted ways with or, you know, certain other yeah, uh, mutually parted ways is the usual one, isn't it? That's the usual correct. one these days. Correct. Correct. <laughs> mutually parted. No, straight up. He's fired. And I found that really interesting uh, that they worded it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just really, truly interesting. He worded it in that way. Um, I wonder if it's because uh, they already pretty much know he's going to Houston. You know, or that's the term that's been out there, or yeah. if he kind of fell out with the front office or whatever. I just, I just really found that interesting that that it was worded that way, guys. Yeah, I think that's the that's the sentiment to have, Dave. The, the correct sentiment, like you can read into these things, and obviously, you, you in that specific tweet that you mentioned, but the same thing that you referenced before as well, like when where word was putting out pretty quickly thereafter that. Uh, what's the name? Nurse is going to be a serious candidate for the Houston Rockets job. And Ime Adoka is now emerging as a serious candidate for the mm-hmm. Toronto Raptors job. Like you can infer these type of things based on how things are written, when certain things are pushed or, or what things aren't pushed, maybe like what maybe what isn't said can sometimes be very, uh, you, know, you can sort of hone in and understand that a little bit more. But uh, yeah, completely mm-hmm. take your point on that. But it's not surprising that it ultimately ended in this way. Uh I guess the fascinating thing was for me was how it all connects back to the Bulls. Not that there is a direct connection, but it's just very interesting to see a team that's in a similar situation to the Bulls operating on a completely different or with a completely different mindset. I thought that was the most fascinating thing about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I saw somebody in my Twitter feed uh, this morning, I can't remember who, who was quote tweeting the nurse news. And it's like a a staunch Billy Donovan hater being like, well, nurse losing to Billy Donovan and getting beaten by Billy Donovan in that play in game clearly was the last straw from the Raptors front office. Like if you can't beat Billy Donovan and out coach Billy Donovan, then clearly you suck. Um, I was amused by it. I don't necessarily agree that that's why the Raptors fired Nick nurse, uh, who is a well-respected coach in the NBA. But I do, when I see updates like this, when we are just barely into the NBA offseason, I mean, like we're in the first round of the playoffs and these kind of coaching moves are already being reported, which, you know, as you alluded to, Mark, clearly signals that these conversations happen well before their report. It makes me think back to us finding out well well into this season and well after the fact that the Bulls gave Billy Donovan a, like, secret, quiet, under-the-radar extension last offseason as sort of a reward and show of, show of good faith after he led them back to the playoffs for the first time in a damn long time. But even still, Bulls fans who were okay with the job Billy had done thus far kind of raised an eyebrow and were like, why? Why is this necessary? He still had several years on the initial contract he signed. Why did you need to do this now? And, and why did you do it in secret? You know, apparently – and I know Bulls fans, some are ready to wave goodbye to Billy Donovan this offseason. I don't think that's at all likely. Um, I, I think that AK, Eversley, and ownership still very firmly believe in Billy Donovan and the job he does. But when you see notable coaching names like this, whether it's Nick Nurse or Ime Udoka, who, you know, drama, weird baggage aside, did a tremendous job coaching wins in Boston – you get a little FOMO, right? As a Bulls fan, you're like, like, are, are, are we stuck with Billy? And is it bad that we're stuck with Billy? Yeah, um, I don't know if it's bad. I won't say I'm not to that level, even though I'm not happy with Billy. I'm not to the level where he's bad or a bad coach. I've never been on that bandwagon. 
But I will say I will drop kick Billy Donovan out of here to get Nick Nurse. I definitely would do that. Yes, I would get Nick Nurse. I love Nick Nurse. Um, but the Bulls don't have that kind of uh, shrewdness about them. There are only a few teams like that. You know, like the Lakers are like that. Uh, Miami is like that. Uh, and, and, oh, you know another team like that? The Toronto Raptors are exactly like that because you saw what they did to Dwayne Casey. Dwayne gets coach of the year. He's out, he got his ass out of here when he won coach of the year. Cause they were just like, it's not, it's not cutting good enough, but no, I don't, I understand why it can be interpreted as the bulls being stuck quote unquote uh, with Billy Donovan, because you're in a position where you didn't have a good season. Um, and you're looking around at, you know, some solid name coaches out there and an opportunity when you're talking about what your team needs and to rebuild and to get these things together. And you don't think Billy Donovan is the guy, you know, to do it for you. I still think I would give Billy, uh, regardless of his contract with the Bulls right now, I'd, I'd give him another opportunity, unless Nick Nurse told me he wanted to come here. But I'd still give him another shot at it because of the, as Mark K has pointed out, uh, basically all year long, the roster construction uh, of it. And even within that roster construction, still putting out a top five defense uh, means something. I think that, that means something as far as uh, your coaching and getting yourself another opportunity uh, with this team. So, yeah, I, I definitely would give Billy another chance. I just wouldn't have given him that extension. That's the only thing I didn't understand was the extension. But I definitely feel like, yeah, he, he deserves an, another crack at it for sure. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm the Billy guy, right? And to, even to me, it made no sense. Like, because why? Like, what, what's your leverage to doing so then and there? Like, there was no need to, to Matt's point, like, was entering year three. He signed a four-year deal. Um, it's not like it was a lame duck situation. He clearly had that final year to go sort of thing. Okay, maybe the, the the previous season didn't end as well as he would have liked, but he didn't necessarily need to extend him. We don't really know the extension details more generally anyway. So, I mean, that's annoying in itself. Like, I, I the, the, the thing about the AK era, era that has continuously uh, annoyed me has he's just always lost deals on the margin or just included things when maybe he didn't need to, whether it was in the DeMar trade, the Vooch trade, giving player options to certain players that didn't really warrant them. But even like here in the Billy situation, like you don't need to extend a coach who's entering year three of a four-year deal. Like that never made sense. So it just sort of tips your hand. It gives you less confidence in an Arturish kind of service that he's just prepared to go all out on these things when he doesn't need to do. So it just doesn't give you much confidence from that standpoint. But just to just to like bring it back to the whole coaching decision and the extension and those sorts of things, the fact that they never announced it still bothers me. The fact that Billy took so many bullets for AK all year continuously annoys me. That the fact that he's basically the spokesperson of this team, the figurehead for this team, and maybe that's why they gave him the extension because AK never wants to talk and he needs someone to talk because seemingly it won't be him and we never ever see Mark Eversley, which leads me to my final point. Why the fuck is Billy Donovan up there with AK at the end of the season? I didn't get to. I, I don't know why I, I didn't hit hit on this last time when um, Will and I spoke about it. I'm not sure if you guys mentioned it when you were doing your wrap up of the uh, AK presser as well. But like, why do you have the coach up there? Why? Where is Mark Eversley? Why? Why is he not talking? Because AK can't talk for shit. Why? Why? Where is Eversley? Like. So in some senses, it, it, the, the Billy Don, Donovan extension never made sense. But at the same time, I, I, I do feel sorry for him because he's the one often speaking on behalf of this team, taking bullets for this team. And when he often shouldn't be, to, in, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. yeah no, and, and Dave, I, 
You and Dave, I remember you texted me being like, is, is something else going on with this press conference? Why is Billy there? I don't remember the coaches being participants in the front office end of season press conference. And Dave, you said like, is this going to be a shocker a surprise announcement that Billy's like stepping down and wants out because why else would he be? Yeah. Mark, immediately I said this to them. Like, I was like, why is Billy here? Why, why is he coming? I've never seen that. Or I, I shouldn't say never seen. I did. I never seen it with this uh, uh, front office with Billy Donovan being up there at the end of the year with uh, AK. So, yeah, that was completely shocking to me. I was like, that's new. I was like, I, I don't know what's going on right now. Like, why is he there? And I guess um, I, I think uh, one of our guys put it as, you know, it's the exit interview kind of thing. And it just maybe are combining both of them. And they just want to do his and AK's at the same time. And, you know, they they kind of are, are together all the time and, you know, making all those decisions. But I'm like, yeah, but he's still the head coach. He should have his own platform. And you're right. I think Mark Eversley is the one that's going to be there. If anybody is going to be there, that's who that's who people want to hear from at the end of the year was, you know, your your front office. That's who it is. When you when that when it was guard packs, you want to hear from guard packs, you know, like that's it. I didn't want to hear from guard guard ball headed minutes. You know, what I'm saying? like I didn't want to hear that. You know, I want to hear from both of those guys, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Mark. It was, it was weird to me. I mean, wanted to hear from Garpax like you want to hear the results of your colonoscopy from your doctor. I mean, like you don't actually want. <laughs> I, I to. do want to hear the results. <laughs> I definitely want to hear those results, Matt. <laughs> but, and look, and shout, shout out to our friend Darnell Mayberry, who's on the Bulls beat for the Athletic. If if you haven't read his column reaming AK for all the ways in which his decisions led to this Bulls season's disappointing result. Uh, and kind of coming to Billy's defense a little bit, he had a great line in there about like, and what is Billy Donovan doing at AK's press conference as if he hasn't taken enough bullets for AK already? Like, Billy Donovan's been trying to answer these questions about this team's shortcomings, and he's working with a team that AK assembled that is so clearly flawed. So, yeah, that, that part is frustrating. The thing I wonder about when it comes to Billy, the fact that he just got an extension – they failed to make the playoffs with all of the well-paid talent, veteran talent on this roster. I, I wonder about if the Bulls do make an aggressive change of direction this offseason, be it trading DeMar, trading Zach, letting Vooch go, or some combination of all of those three things. If Billy wants to stick around for whatever the next chapter is, or if the Bulls want to, if they go in a different direction, add a new coach to that new direction. Cause I honestly have no idea. Yeah. It's up in the air, man. It's, it's a really weird situation because I don't think Billy Donovan, you know, wants to be any part of a, of a rebuild at all. Like he's, he, he's not that kind of coach. He's, he's a coach you're bringing in when you're, you know, at least trying to make the playoffs, you know, he's been through that kind of when the bulls were making those trades, you know, and transitioning over to being a you know team but i think he was understood like well i know what we're going to be next year you know and it was also an insane situation with covid and all that other stuff you know kind of going on so but if he's got to go through it again i don't think that's something billy donovan is, is going to want to do so if to me telling me that you're giving him an extension is saying we're still trying to go make these playoffs every single year like that's really that's one thing that's been you know hit upon by ak and mark Evelyn from the beginning and Billy Donovan is a playoff coach. He goes to the playoffs. That's what his resume tells you. That, that's kind of what he does. But I, I did want to ask you guys this. And, and Mark i I'll, I'll ask, I guess, 
you you can answer this first, but now that you know the Rockets are have a vacancy and Detroit has a vacancy, which one is is more appealing? Because both of those guys have, you know, really good young talent, you know, on both of those teams. And, you know, the Rockets have, you know, draft picks. And, you know, Detroit has, record-wise, has the best chance, you know, of landing uh, the number one mm-hmm. pick or at least a top yeah. four pick. So which mm-hmm. one – and, of course, you know, having uh, Hardy and uh, Cunningham, you know, and all those young guys. So which which one do you find more appealing it's an interesting one. It depends on what you value. Do you value the young talent that's there or do you value who has maybe the more incoming picks? Because the Rockets have more future picks coming from other teams, um, whether it's the Nets or a few others here and there, whereas the Pistons don't necessarily have a lot of picks coming from other squads. So that's the main difference in terms of future assets. But in terms of guys that are currently on their team, I prefer the guys that the Pistons have. I, 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 I would much rather have Cade Cunningham than Jalen Green. Uh, Duren is going to be an absolute stud. Uh, I'm not a Wiseman guy, but maybe he turns into something. Um, I, I just prefer their younger talent. I guess they've made some interesting decisions with some of the young, younger talent as well. Like I, I don't know why they got rid of Sadiq Bay as an example. Like that mm-hmm. that never made sense to me. So they, I I probably prefer the the Detroit Pistons younger guys. I I, I question Jalen Green more generally. Like, is this does this guy know how to play basketball? I'm not sure if he can build a defense around Alper and Shangoon. I like Jabari Smith. I like Tari Eason. There's a few other like swing forwards, Kenyon Martin Jr. that I like on the Houston Rockets as well. But they're yeah. more role guys, not the stars. So I, I probably lean I probably lean the Pistons because I believe in Arcade. I believe in Jalen Duran. I so wanted Duran. Uh, to be a ball last last off season, but uh, I, I would lean Pistons as a better job. Mm. And and just the Houston Rockets own. I mean, I mean, not not that the Pistons <laughs> own is great, but Tillman Fatida. Oh god, I would not want to be involved. I with mean, that. what American pro sport owners are like? Oh yeah, I want to go work for that person. They're all terrible. They're Solid all point. terrible. Solid point. Um, <laughs> I I. I don't disagree with Mark that maybe I like some of the young prospects the Pistons currently have on their roster more so than Houston, but I do like a lot of what Houston has and Mark also pointed out their future draft capital. I would lean towards the Rockets for one other very big reason. When that young group of talent starts to get competitive, but maybe are still a piece or two shy, which organization can make a better pitch to veteran free agent talent to say, come here and help us win. Houston, warm weather climate city, no state income tax city, or Detroit. Houston clearly wins that free agent pitch for when they want to add veteran talent to their young core that's developing. And for that reason, I I picked the the Rockets hands down. That's a good point, but... If they blow their load on James Harden in this offseason, pay him a super max, or not a super max, just a max, and then they extend all their young guys, then they'll be over the cap in that instance as well. So I take your point, and it's a very good one. And Houston most certainly is a more appealing market than Detroit. I think we can all agree on that. Which is So that's all a fair point. But I, I think it, so much of this question is based on what happens this offseason. One, in, the, in terms of free agency, but the draft, obviously, whoever lands higher in this draft, then ultimately that changes the calculus as well. So the fact that these two jobs are open now 
and neither of the coaches who potentially going into this space know what's happening in terms of one the off season, but also that that draft situation. It, if I was a coach, like obviously you want to land a job, but you also maybe just want to see what happens because if one of them lands, you know, the number one pick or the number or the second pick, and the other one falls down to five or six or something like that, then again that changes the calculus as well. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. You mean because the Bulls are undoubtedly jumping up into the top four? That's why. That's what you meant, right? Yeah, sure. Like that's definitely what I meant. <laughs> Fun Friday. <laughs> Fun Friday. All right, we got to take one more break. We'll come back uh, and uh, look at what's going on in these first round NBA playoff matchups. All kinds of drama. All kinds of fun. Uh, so we'll come back to wrap up the show with that. Big Dave. Oh, Matt. You know is. Baby Joey, you know, sits at home and watches his uncle shotgun a brew. He, he said to himself, well, one, two things. I don't have the teeth to be able to do that. Just something there was, <laughs> they never understood. He just, he just don't get it. He don't get it. Why? Why are these glasses so damn expensive, y'all? Why? He just <laughs> wants to wear some glasses on his face that don't cost anything. Baby Joey don't get it. And Shady Rays didn't get it either. Shady Ray said, why are these glasses so expensive? You can wear premium polarized shades at an affordable price. And Shady Ray said, they got you covered. They're an independent sunglasses company, offers that world-class product that is just as good as any expensive pair that you have ever put on your sexy face. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for the outdoor and the indoor adventures. And that's not all. Because Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. You heard what I said? In all of eyewear. Anywhere you got eyes and they throw something on their face to protect it, Shady Rays has a better protection plan than that. And it's called the Matt Peck Lost and Broken Replacements Plan. Gone is that hat off of his head. Oops. He had some Shady Rays on those on that hat he just tossed. Crack, crack is what they went, and now he is sad. But he won't be sad for long because he can return those broken pairs to Shady Rays, and they will replace them for free. And also, if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair and return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop, and their team always has your back. So exclusively for the listeners out there, Shady Rays is giving you that best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code C-H-G-O. Get yourself 50% off of two plus pairs of premium polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades that are rated five, 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 fifth stars or over 250,000 people. Not a math guy, but I've been told that's a lot of people to give you five stars. Shady Rays, or the Rays, are oh so shady. Today's episode of CHO Bulls also brought to you by our friends at ComEd. Uncle Joey, are you there? Do you want to talk about ComEd with me? Oh, I would love to talk about ComEd with you, Matt. Um, if you just, you know, can give me a second or two to gather my thoughts about um Everything I feel so strong. So <laughs> I am excited to talk about the Comet Energy Efficiency Program, which is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities that they serve. It helps manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Mm. 
That's right, Joe. Wow. Comment offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Comment also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, and industrial processes. Mm, Matt, can you please inform Mark and Dave a little bit about how this works? Oh, please. I would love to, and you can relay this information to your nephew. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Then within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings and cost savings, both kinds of savings, as well as project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback plans. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to go schedule your free facility assessment, go to comment.com slash powering biz. That's right. If you were listening to this and you thought I need myself a facility assessment, Matt, comment.com slash powering biz. That's correct, Joe. Comment.com slash powering biz. Schedule your appointment today. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's talk NBA playoff action. Big Dave, where you want to start? Oh, man. Y'all are funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, where do I want to start? Um, I say we start with the Clippers. Let's start with the Clippers and the Suns. Let's start there. Suns win 129-124 over the Clippers last night to take a 2-1 lead in that series after losing game one. Dave, are you still riding the Clippers in this series? Uh, Yeah, kind of hard right now because uh, <laughs> there's a guy missing and his name is Kawhi Leonard. That that was sad. You know, that made me sad. It really did because this is all you wanted to see was Kawhi Leonard out there, you know, performing you of course paul george you want to see out there too you want teams at their full strength but the fact he's out with a knee sprain after playing what 40 plus minutes for like the first time in i don't know how long in uh those back-to-back uh playoff games not since 1980 <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> since, since he began to walk but yeah man it makes it sad and of course it makes it so much harder but i want to continue to heap love and praise to tyron lou man that dude can coach some basketball, all right? 129, 124, that's crazy. Powell dropped 42, and that's not what's being discussed here. I, I know Devin Booker had 45, man, but Powell dropping 42 at your position, that's who you're guarding, you know what I mean? And 42 was something. And Russell Westbrook definitely been revived. Uh, I believe he had 31, 8, and 10 or something like that, something crazy like that. But just an all-around great game from that, man. But it's just shocking and how good they are at scheming and ball movement. Morris was a great, you know, played really solidly as well. Zubak Shakur is my guy. I've always liked him. Um, so, yeah, man, I I, I like <laughs> – I broke my cake. <laughs> yes. Breaking my cake is only Yes. I got A, my <laughs> Because anyone that's a complete opposite to him, 
Zubac. That's why it's hilarious. Literally, the complete opposite in every every facet of life. Complete hey, opposite. That's funny. That's funny. He he in LA. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's a little tough. You know what I'm saying? A little strong in the paint. You know. He ain't taking no guff from nobody. You know what I mean? Okay. Zubac, come on, man. Shout out to him. But <laughs> but yeah, man. It it. It puts a damper on things. I'm going to stand with it, Matt, because I said it. So, you know, I'm going I'm to stand on what I said and, and keep riding with the Clippers. Um, but, it may, of course, it makes it just so, so much harder. But I do like the fact that they're making the Suns work to get these victories. Like, Kevin Durant and Booker are 40-plus minutes in, in all of these games. You know, they're making these guys work. They're not making it easy at all. So I wouldn't be surprised if it went six. Uh, I'm interested to see if Paul George makes a return because it looks like he's very close to doing so. But without Kawhi Leonard, man, do you do you really have a chance to get this against this team? And, it's, and that's really tough to say yes to. Mm-hmm. The, the, the sad thing about this was like, well, two things. One, this sort of came out of nowhere, at least for me. I didn't see anything after the, the game two that suggested that Kawhi was hurt or was going to miss a game. It's just like a couple hours before the game. It's like, oh, by the way, Kawhi's not playing. It's like, oh, right. I guess I'm not watching that game tonight. And but like <laughs> that's one thing. But the fact that Kawhi was just playing at a level that he like he was the best player in this series through the first two games. So mm-hmm. that that he missed game three because of that, like we were robbed again of just like some special Kawhi performances. That what made it hurt as well. So I'm hoping it's just a day-to-day thing. That's what they're saying. I hope it's nothing super serious with Kawhi because we have missed so much great Kawhi basketball and he just goes to a completely different level in the playoffs like I like to bang on about Jimmy Butler and the player he becomes in the postseason but Kawhi is like that times 10 so that he was the best player in the series a series where Devin Booker is averaging like 30 something points or whatever it might be probably even more than that and Kevin freaking Durant in the series as well like I just want to see Kawhi out there but um who knows who knows yeah, I, I you know, it, it's a bummer if he doesn't come back, if Paul George doesn't come back in time to make this a, a great series. Because I think if, you know, fully healthy, this Clippers-Suns series may have been, you know, potential-wise, the, the best first-round series of either conference. Um, that, I mean, that's how much star talent is in that series. The other thing that I'm thinking about now is, and, you know, you're right, Dave, credit to Ty Lue. If Kawhi doesn't come back, if Paul George doesn't come back and the Clippers still push the Suns and if they somehow find a way to come back and win the series, Kevin Durant will never hear the end of it. Kevin Durant haters are going to have a parade. He makes the move to another stacked, deep with talent team like Phoenix midseason demanding a trade. If they get bounced in the first, and like I know he wasn't there all season long, it's it, you know it's a four or five seed. It's not like it wouldn't be the same as one losing to eight. But you're Kevin Durant and you're playing with Devin Booker and Paul George and Aiden and that squad in Phoenix. If they lose to the Clippers without Kawhi and without Paul George, holy shit! Hmm. Yeah, that's that's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough. But hey, this is the playoffs. I guess that's why we play. <laughs> Dave, what do you want to talk about with this Warriors King series? I just have a question. Like, who is game three more important for? Because I think it's really important for both teams. I mean, obviously, you want to win game three, of course. Um, but for the Kings, I and for me, my answer is the Kings, because the Kings to go into this environment and get a victory 
against the Warriors and then having the Warriors have making them have to win these games, you know, at in your home, you know, it's going to be tough now because they suck, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> on, on the road, like really, really bad. They, they suck on the road and they're not good there. So for them to come in and take away some of their superpower, because their superpower is at home. So to come in and take away some of that from a team that people aren't really picking to beat the Warriors, and rightfully so, because it's the Warriors. But for them to come in and do something like that and and take that game, I think it would, man, it would be huge for the Kings, man. Um, I think it it would mean more more for the Kings than with the Warriors, Marquette. Yeah, but like I mean, the pressure's on the Warriors as well in some senses because, uh, like obviously, teams that go down three-one, if you lose game four, like it's tough to get back from there. And the Kings are a really good home team. The Warriors have been a terrible road team, as you mentioned. So, yes, it, it's like an it's an opportunity for the Kings. I think like probably their best opportunity in a, in a very long time to get to the second round. But for for the Warriors, if they drop this game, they're not out of the series, so to speak. But it makes it extremely difficult, and it gets to the point where if for whatever reason they just can't win on the road, they can't win that game five in Sacramento, then, you know, we're talking about all these other teams in their offseason, but then the Warriors will be in their offseason and things get really, really interesting for Golden State at that point. So they probably want to curb that or keep that at bay as long as as long as long possible, that, that offseason talk, because it's going to be some real talk for war, the, the Warriors in that sense. So, yeah, there's definitely pressure on the Kings to get it done, but seemingly I think the same is true for for the Warriors, particularly because of the way the Kings have played. Like they've really given it to Golden State, and they've been doing so whilst shooting really poorly. Mm-hmm. So, like the Kings just get a game where they light it up from three, which they just haven't done yet. If they get that game, and importantly they get that game in Game Four, then it not only changes this series, but it could literally change the entire Warriors dynasty. So uh, it's pretty huge. It's a huge game for them too. Yeah, I'm with Mark. Game four is a must win for the Warriors. Uh, With how well the Kings are playing, and as you mentioned, not even necessarily shooting all that well, but the way that the Kings are just tiring the Warriors out, that young team that is just running and running and running, and this old Warriors team that can't keep up. And credit to the Kings, they're playing solid defense through these first three games. Everybody was saying, yeah, the Kings' offense is incredible, but dot, 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 come playoff time, they're going to you know, not all losing because they can't stop anybody. They can't play, they can't get a stop when they need one. Um, if if the Warriors lose, then they go back to Sacramento for a death sentence in Game Five. If the Warriors don't win Game Four at home, I think the series is over in Game Five because the Kings will be that hyped up and ready to put the Warriors, the defending champs, to bed. The the Kings can still afford to come back home Game Five two two. I. I, I picked the Warriors at the beginning of the series because I thought they could win a game on the road, as bad as they've been on the road this season with their championship pedigree. Do I think they can go down 3-1 and then win three straight, including two of those three in Sacramento? No. No, that's where, that's where I stop having faith in the Warriors to get out of this series. And I, I think that's where the difference is, man. I have more faith that the Warriors can come back from 3-1 than I do the Kings could with 2-2. You know, because I think the pressure is on. Like, the Warriors are used to that kind of pressure. They know what it is. You know, they've been there mm-hmm. a million times. The Kings, they're brand new to this. So that's why I think it's so important they got to win this game four because they got to relieve some of that pressure. They came out really tight, you know, in that last game, man. Like, really, yeah. really tight. They, I mean, I'm watching De'Aaron Fox just miss free throws and, you know, they're missing layups and wide open threes. Like you said, it was the best offense in NBA history and, and they couldn't hit anything. 
uh, in that game. They were really tight. So I think it's they have to win this game, man, to keep that pressure off of them, man. Because if it's two two, man, the Wolves are going to come out for the Warriors, bro. And it's and it's it's going to be something. Uh, all right, real quick, we're almost out of time, but Dylan Brooks talking shit, Grizzlies Lakers. Dave, I know you wanted to touch on that too. Look, man, look. All right, I, I wanted to go on a whole rant, but we don't have time about Jordan and all this other shit. How nobody would ever do this shit to Jordan ever. And even when he was with the Wizards, coaches were telling Paul Pierce, "What are you doing? Don't talk to this dude. <laughs> Leave him alone." But I'm not gonna even get into that. All I'm going to say is, dude, LeBron, I, I really need to see you come out and drop a 40-point triple-double on this dude, man. All right? You cannot let this dude just straight up disrespect you in this fashion. I ain't trying to hear everybody saying, well, you know, he's he can't win without getting everybody involved. He got it. I ain't trying to hear none of that, dog. I'm trying to hear LeBron James like you. How dare you even come at me on something like this, dude? You know who I am? I'm the king, bro. I need that mentality from LeBron, dog. I need a 40-point triple-double or a 50-point guy. I need him to bust this dude's ass. And this is speaking from somebody who picked the Grizzlies. But I'm just here telling you from the side of greatness as far as it's concerned. He is he, – no, I like that he got mad, that they keep asking him these questions about it. I just saw he was mad at the comment. He walked off after saying, I'm sitting, sick and tired of talking about this shit. Well, good. Good, be tired of it and show me on the floor, dog. Go out there and whoop this. Come on, dude. You're a LeBron, dog. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear. It. I want 40 point dominance, 50 point dominance from LeBron James. That's what I want, dog. That's what I want. That's all I want. To say. Well, see, this is the good thing for us as like neutrals. Like, you're either going to get the LeBron game where he completely shuts up Dylan Brooks, and like that would be incredible to see as like a little bit of a statement. But at the same time, if that doesn't happen, if LeBron has a bad game and like we talk about goons all the time on this show, but like if 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 for whatever reason Le- LeBron has a bad game and it's in part because Dylan Brooks is guarding him and guarding him well, just imagine the goonage that's we're gonna get from Dylan Brooks post game three in that scenario. So it's a win-win proposition for us fans. So whatever happens, whether it's a, a an awesome LeBron game or a bad LeBron game, it's, it's going to uh it's gonna create some interesting headlines, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know which result we're going to get. The LeBron has, you know, uh, turned back the clock performance of a lifetime in a very important playoff game to shut him up. Or if we're going to get a, like, Dylan Brooks is the next J.J. Barea kind of game and performance out of LeBron James. All I'll say is that as someone in that camp of people who loves to talk mad shit about LeBron James with no leg to stand on, I approve of Dylan Brooks' comments. You gotta, you gotta have. Well, I, I don't have to face LeBron James on a basketball court ever, so I, I, I have no fear talking shit about him when he is one of the most respected basketball players of all time, because I like talking shit about him. Dylan Brooks, back it up, man. You gotta back it up. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens either way. Uh, That's it. We are out of time. Thank you for hanging out with us on a fun off-season Friday edition of the CHGO Bulls pod. Don't forget to get your tickets to that CHGO Bears draft party next Thursday and Friday night. AllCHGO.com. You can find the tickets there. Discounted ticket prices for our diehard members. Check out our friend the GOAT's first off-season mailbag of the off-season. AllCHGO.com is where you go to find that as well. Uh, we are off until Monday, off-season, Monday to Friday. Ugh, beautiful. You know what that means? Everybody go enjoy your weekend. Um, 
In the meantime, you can follow Dave on Twitter at Bow B A W L Sports. Mark is at M K Hoops. Follow our pal producer Joey Spathis, beer chugging, shotgunning extraordinaire at Joey Spathis. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. This has been CHGO Bulls Pod, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up and make your bets on the NBA playoff action this weekend. Have a wonderful weekend, Chicago Bulls fans everywhere. We will talk to you Monday. Well then, see you be good. Peace. Love somebody. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.